Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Um, like I said, in just a moment, I have a few people who I want to invite up, but I, I want to give, us a, give you a scripture really quick. If you have your Bibles, anybody have their Bibles today? Your cell phone, your own, anyways, bring your Bible. Some of you are downloading the app right now, so, um, all right. Isn't that wild that we have the Bible on an app on our cell phones, how accessible the Word of God is, and none of us have any excuse not to read the Word of God, right? uh, Unless you forget your phone at home, right? Anyways, Matthew chapter 21 Verse 12 through 14, Jesus, this is um, when he comes in to Jerusalem, it says, Upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. So really what was happening was the temple had become a place where Um, It had become a place where people's worship um, became very convenient. Is because they didn't have to actually do anything. They didn't have to go and um, bring their own sacrifice. They could come and they could just pick one that they thought looked good. And they didn't have to go through the process of raising that thing or, or finding it. It was there for them. It became convenient. And really it was about, for the merchants, it became about a way of making money and and it just wasn't, had nothing to do with honoring the Lord. It was, um, it was a place of business, right? And so the, the temple, the church of the day had become a business is what it had become. And Jesus comes and uh, he, he turns over the tables and he starts, some, one translation says he pulls out a whip and he's, you know, he's, he's taking care of business, Right. And um, I wouldn't have wanted to be one of those guys, you know, and they're selling stuff. And, um, and Jesus says, my, he said to them, my dwelling place, say my dwelling place, will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout for thieves. So Jesus said this, is that the Father's house, my house, my dwelling place, the place where I, I exist, my presence where my presence is, is meant to be a house of prayer. That's my desire. And what he was saying was, is that my house is meant to be a house of relationship. It's not a meant to be a house of religious duty. It's not a house of come and say your prettiest prayers with just lots of words. Jesus actually says in Matthew Chapter 6, he talks about prayer, and he says, don't be like the people who come, and they, they think that because of their many words and how good they put them together and, and how sincere they sound, that that's going to get to God. God. Jesus said, don't pray like that. He said, instead, I want you to go into the secret place. And what he was really saying is, I want you, out of the, most, out of the innermost part of your being, I want you to talk to me in secret. And then Jesus goes on to say that there is a reward, that the Father rewards those. And, and we actually read in Hebrews that where it says, 
that um, those who come to God must come to Him believing He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We talked about this a few weeks ago. What's the reward of diligently seeking Him? That's right, He is. He's the reward, right? And so the reward is always more of Him. What greater reward could you ever get? Right? And so the reward of relationship or come, pursuing Him, being with Him, being authentically, that came out right, being genuinely with Him from your innermost being, the reward is you know Him. You know Him. And so the goal of, for me as, as your pastor, my, my heart is that you would know Him. <clears throat> my heart is, I love when I see people come and <clears throat> they're on a serve team and they come and they're building relate. That's all great. I love when, when you come and you worship together and when you're like, oh, this church is my home. I, I love all that. But more than anything, I want you to know him. I want you to know him. Because we know, look, in a moment, like what if it, it became where we can no longer gather? What do you have? Right? Is he wants you to know him. You are actually a dwelling place for him. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so that's what he is asking of us. Is he, what, what an amazing reality that we can know the God who created the heavens and the earth. What, I mean, that he actually wants to speak to you. That he actually is involved in the minute details of your life. I don't know about you, but that, that's, for me, it, it is amazing, and it's also terrifying, if I really think about it, like, in a good way, more of like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but that it's like God who created the stars, like, who am I, right? Who am I that you would, you would want to speak with me, that you would want to know me? that you would actually want to come and dwell with me. And so what I'm saying is don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for just trying to be a good person and don't settle for just coming to church every once in a while. You can know him. We talked about that last week. Is This gathering here is awesome because it's where we get encouraged and equipped, right? But this doesn't, you coming to church doesn't mean you know him. The reward is to know him. I'm telling you, there is nothing like really knowing him. Nothing. For those of you in the room who know him intimately, you know nothing could ever replace that. There's nothing else where life comes from, right? And so saying all that to say is that Jesus' heart is that you, your life would not be filled with a bunch of like busyness but that you would learn to sit at his feet and know him, and out of knowing him, you would learn to look like him in the earth. Is that wherever, from that place, whatever he tells you to do, that's what you're doing. Wherever he tells you to go, you're going. And he is the good shepherd that leads you beside still waters and to green pastures, and even in the hard places, he prepares a table for you, right? That's who he is. So you can trust his leadership. And um, so Jesus is coming and saying, I want my house to be a house of prayer, a house of relationship. And then it goes on to say this, I believe, um, you know, 
Everything we do as a body here is going to be around his presence and around um, knowing him and seeking him. And there's this amazing thing that happened once Jesus came to the temple. He drives out the, the, the business people. He drives out what, what the, the guys who are really wronging people who are coming to worship. And he sets things in order and right. And there's the, these two things that happen. It says that then the blind and the crippled came into the temple courts. Why? I, my question is, why were the blind and crippled not allowed to come before? Right? It says, the blind and the crippled came into the temple courts and Jesus healed them all. And then it says this, and the children circled around him shouting out blessing, blessings and praises to the son of David. There are these two things that happened when the house of God was in order, whenever Jesus was the center, when it was a place of relationship, is the blind and the crippled came and they were healed, all of them. The broken were made well, right? You want to know how you heal a community is the church begins to make Jesus the center, we begin to know him. The Bible says those who know him will be strong and do great exploits. And then the children. I believe this represents that families. Families begin to honor God. Children. Children know. You know why I love that it's children? Because children know. They know when it's fake. They, they know when it's not for real. And when things were in order, the kids said, now we can worship. It's because it's about Jesus. And, uh, and I, I believe this with all my heart is as we make him the center, is that those who are broken physically, mentally, spiritually, that they're going to be healed. And that we're going to see authentic relationship where even the children, the youngest of the youngest, begin to declare his praise. Amen. So I'm declaring that today is that as we continue, what we're doing is we're just making more space to create an environment with the prayer room to say, you know what? This is about relationship with him. And so before we leave today, I'm going to give you some details about that. But what I want to do is there is a handful of people that I asked to come and to just share. And so if you would, Anita, Chad and Anjali... Um, Jonathan, Jonathan in the room, who am I missing? And then Amy Russell. <clears throat> Why don't you give these guys a hand as they come? And um, I, need to, I need to say, you know, I'm glad you're up here first, Anita. Anita, um, it was like whenever we, we did the launch team, it was like me, Austin, and Anita. And... Uh, Anita, Anita was there from the very beginning, and, um, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it, because what I've seen happen in Anita's life over the last three years as the presence of Jesus has become her everything is she stepped into who she really is, and I'm excited, too, for just even the next couple of years, because so anyway. Lots so. of years, not but yeah, that's lots of years, but I feel like the next couple are going to be really significant. So, all right, here's Anita. 
All right. Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm very thankful that God is ageless and timeless because in this relationship, I feel very motherly toward John and Austin. I feel like they are my children. But at the same time, I'm submitted to them as my elders and my pastors and my leaders. So the age thing just, you know, it's not there. So that's good. But um, yes, I was uh, very honored and privileged to be a part of this from day one. And um, when we started out and we were going to meet on Friday nights just to pray about what was coming, my initial idea was that we would gather together and have a list of things that we thought we wanted this church to be, and we would all agree and pray toward that. And the very first meeting that we had, John shared the beautiful story that he shared many times about David returning the ark to Jerusalem. And they did not seek God the first time, and it was a disaster. People died. So when he did that again, it was all about, Lord, how do you want this to take place? What do you want to do? And so that's what our Friday nights were all about. It was all about worshiping the Lord, seeking his heart, and then agreeing with that. And I wouldn't say that was foreign to me, but it was very different than how I had ever approached the Lord before. Um, I am uh, very independent, and I'm a, I'm a doer, and I take care of things, and so I'm accustomed to coming up with a plan and then making it happen and trying to get God on board with that. <laughs> and that is... The complete opposite. That is not kingdom at all. That we, what we did was the complete opposite, which John has shared so much about that. But we spent our Friday nights worshiping the Lord and hearing him and agreeing with what he was saying. And as that was happening, it was translating over into my personal life. That's who I was becoming. But one of the things that I want you to be aware of was that for that entire year, we did not have a name. We were the Highway 51 campus. We had no name. And I think the reason we didn't have a name was because we didn't yet know who we were. And in the building of this building, we encountered lots of delays. And it took a lot longer than we thought it would take. But I believe in that time, the Lord did not want, to, want us to open these doors and step into this until we knew who we were and who we were called to be. He knew, but he needed us to know so that we could be that and not something that we had envisioned. And who are we? We are the wellspring. And do you know what a wellspring is? It's an original source with an infinite supply. And 
And I want to declare to you this morning that he is your source. He wants to be your source. You're not bothering him when you depend on him and expect him to be your source. Husbands, your wife is not your source. He is your source. Wives, your husband is not your source. He is your source in everything. Your doctor is not your source. Your bank account is not your source. Your job is not your source. He is your source with an in infinite, never-ending supply. So that's, that's the first thing I began to step into. There's a, I could stay up there the whole time and just, but I won't, I won't. I'm, I'm watching the little clock so I can hurry. Um, the next thing is that um, as, I was, as I was spending time in the presence of the Lord, just focusing on him and just listening and just hearing his heart, I began to see who I am. And I also began to see who I am not. And I discovered that I was walking and agreeing with so many lies that the enemy had told me about who I am and who I'm not. And so for the next years and still now, I have been in his presence. His spirit reveals the truth. He separates the truth from the lie. And when that lie is illuminated, I can stop agreeing with that. And I can see the truth and agree with what God says. Whether I see it happening or not, I continue to agree with that and walk in that and say that because that's what God said. And you know, the devil will give you just enough evidence to make his lie believable. So we have to be in his presence to distinguish the truth from the lie. So stop agreeing with what the enemy says and start agreeing with what God says and walk in it and speak it and do it whether you feel it or not. Amen? All right, Anita's preaching next week, so come on. All right, Amy. It's Miss Amy Russell. She is um, the mother of Abby who leads worship, so she's responsible for Abby being here. And, um, and so thank you. Thank you, and thank you for being you. You know, we're thankful for you and Abby, so. Sorry, I have, I wrote my notes, because, anyway. Hi, my name is Amy, and I've been attending Wellspring since the beginning. I hope I don't cry. When Austin asked me if I would share what God has been doing in my life since attending Wellspring, fear and anxiety gripped my heart, because it would require me to be real and vulnerable. And honestly, who wants to do that, you know? <laughs> but I knew that I wanted and needed to say yes, so here I am. God is using the wellspring to help me to learn to help me to learn to receive God's love and his sweet goodness. Also to believe that I am treasured, I'm chosen and even a gift to others and how to do and how to love other people well. For me receiving God's love 
has been hard to accept because I have, I have struggled with intense depression most, if not all, my life. It's a kind of depression that made me feel like I was walking through quicksand every single moment of the day. It's a kind of depression that requires medication. I have been a Christian most of my life, and I felt that I struggled with depression, that since I struggled with depression, that this disqualified me from receiving God's love. I thought I was too defective and didn't deserve love or being treasured by God. Learning that God loved me, even with depression and other struggles that I've encountered, have allowed, has allowed me to manage my depression. Now, let me be clear. I believe God can and wants to heal me completely, utterly, and absolutely from depression. But until he does, I'm growing in understanding that I am treasured, I'm chosen, I'm a gift to others, and even pursued by his love and kindness. He desires relationship with me. He has shown me how to step out of hiding because I am safe with him. As I'm learning to be loved by God, I've been learning how to love the people that God has placed in my life, such as my students, my precious friends at Celebrate Recovery, the children at, at Children's Church, and all the people I come in contact with. I still have a long way to go, but I'm on the road to learning to receive his love and I am so thankful that Pastor John and Austin continually preach the sweetness, the gentleness, and the goodness of God. Before I end, I wanted to share just a few scriptures that we've heard often from Pastor John and, and Austin. Romans 2.4 says, Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? And then Psalm 145.8 says, you're kind and tender-hearted to those who don't deserve it and very patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. And 13 and 14 says, you, Lord, manifest, manifest yourself as kindness in all you do. Weak and feeble ones, you will sustain. Those bent over with burdens of shame, you will lift up. You are fair and righteous in everything you do, and your love is wrapped into all your works. Pastor John and Austin, thank you for loving us well and sharing over and over and over and over and over <laughs> that God is tenderhearted, sweet, and is always pursuing us with his love and kindness, and that we can learn to love well like he does. Thank you. All right. Y'all good? Yeah, Chad and Anjali and Jonathan will wrap it up. All right. Um, I just want to say that um, we're thankful for the Wellspring um, as well, for Pastor John and Austin, and just for the heart of this house. It's sweet and um, it's so pure, and we are grateful for that. And um, I, am, I just remembered that um, 35 years ago next month, I, as a teenager in this building, I surrendered my life to the Lord. But we've been here since um, April, because we started coming a little bit before Easter. 
And um, I said all that to say that no matter how long you've served God or how old you are, um, he always wants to do something new. He wants to give fresh revelation. He wants to bring deeper healing. And that's just what he's done for us since we've been um, at the Wellspring. And I'm glad that Pastor John um, explained the scripture um, because that was, um, I don't have to explain it. So um, there's that scripture that he shared earlier in Matthew. Um, he shared it one night at a meeting that we had here. And when we were leaving, I turned to my husband, crying, always crying whenever we leave, whenever we come, whenever we're sitting there crying forever. Um, and I told him, I said, you know what? I said, that is exactly what God has done for us, for our family since we've been here. He's healed us, he's healing us, and our children are praising him. And there are so many dynamics because whenever, you know, Pastor John's up here preaching, it's just like, yes, it's a general word, but it becomes so specific. And, um, and that's what happened for me one Sunday. Um, we were here and Pastor John said, you know, I feel like that the Lord wants to minister healing. And I had been having um, an issue with my back for several years and I had MRI, scans, chiropractor, injections, you know, just everything, just trying. We don't know why you have it. There's no evidence of a back issue, but I was in pain constantly. And, um, and so Pastor John said that it was um, in service. And so he said, just lift up your hands and had people around you pray, pray for um, healing and all. So I was like, okay, here we go again. This has been going on for three years. Yes, Lord, I receive healing. And then we left church and went on about our day and, you know, end of the day, going to bed that night. And I get in the bed and, you know, I'm going through the ritual of propping the pillows and all of that so that I can sleep comfortably. And everyone else was asleep in the house. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I don't, this isn't hurting me, you know, this usually hurts, you know. And then so I start wiggling and rolling all over the bed and everything like, oh my gosh, God healed me today whenever we were there. And so it was like, I couldn't wait until the next morning to tell my family. And I just kept laying there like pondering, God, you healed me today. You met me and you healed me today. And so the next morning um, I got up, I homeschooled my girls during our Bible time. I was telling them what had happened. And they're like, mom, guess what? Yesterday in kids church, we were learning about Jehovah Rapha, that the God, that God is our healer. And that's exactly what he's done. He's healed you. And so it was so sweet and so precious that what God was doing in me, that they had an understanding because of what they were being taught, you know, while we were in here worshiping. And, um, and even after like Ida and all of that and the cleanup, like my back wanted to start like, you know, I'm like, oh no. And you know, my girls, like they, they remind me, you know, God has healed you, you know, and it's so precious to see their faith in operation. And, um, you know, even um, they're part of the youth and the kids ministry here, and they are growing in their relationship with the Lord. They both decided that they wanted to be baptized, and um, which I thought, you know, that's a long way off because I, I, we have adult children as well. And I was, I was just going to let their relationship with the Lord unfold naturally on their own time. And so when they came to us and said that they wanted to be baptized, it was just so precious. And um, and amongst all of that, even in our adult children, as God started working in my husband, who he's going to share a bit, 
it began to trickle over. You know, my adult son contacted me and he said, Mom, he said, you know, I saw the hand of God today. And, um, and you know, and it just opened up such a deep conversation that we hadn't, hadn't had in such a long time. And even whenever I see him and we visit, you know, it's like there's an openness there that hasn't been there in such a long time. And so um, I'm just so thankful for the Wellspring. I'm thankful that God um, brought us here. I'm thankful to be a part of this house. And um, that's it. Okay. I might get emotional, so just kind of bear with me. So my story started 30 plus years ago. Um, so I've been struggling with a sin for 30 plus years. Um, by the time I was out of high school, it was like normal. It had become a normalized thing in my life. Um, so as I got older, I didn't meet the Lord until I was 30. That, that right there is a testimony in itself. So all these years, uh, even serving God, you know, there's some things that you can do in secret and hide. You can hide a lot of things and still serve God. And that was continuing. And, you know, shame and guilt. Those of you that have struggled the shame cycle, you understand it. You know, guilt is about what you did, but shame is about who you are. So the enemy can lie to you. And you can come into an agreement with a lie for, for decades. And that cycle just continued. You know, uh, you pray, you pray, you pray. You go to retreats, you go to freedom weekends. You do this, you do that, and nothing changes. But I'm here to tell you that it can We came last year, and I know in, we were here a month. In April of 2021, I was sitting right there, and Miss Sherry was preaching that day about, you've been in agreement with some things in your life for far too long. And God just, at that moment, he's like, see, I've been waiting on you to understand that you've been in agreement with something. Even though you hate it, you've been in agreement with something in secret. And that moment was, everything was done at that moment. Behavior stopped. Have not had temptation since then. So I was like, okay, God, if this is real, you have to prove it to me because I've hated this for so long. So it took about a month, and a month in, no no acting out. So, you know, I put it all on the line to tell my wife. I was like, I was prepared for whatever that was going to look like. But what God has done in this house is create an environment where there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's complete restoration in this house. And that is a testament to what John Austin had started with in the beginning, was we're going to do it God's way, 
and what he wants to do. There's no agenda. There's no program. There's no, you know, written out list of things. If you fit all of this and you, you can, you're good here. But all of that was already established. And all I did was receive. Because really God is more about our surrender. So, I, you know, my prayer is and my hope is if you have something that's hidden in your life, Men, if you have struggles in your life, all it takes is one moment of surrender. You surrender it to God, and he can change all of the generations to come. And that... That's really my heart for God, is to see people delivered and healed. You know, healing is a process. Deliverance can happen immediately, but healing is a process. And we're in the middle of that process. These tears are healing. And you can be healed here. Yeah. Right, one more thing. I'm sorry. And John has said this over and over many times. It's okay to not be okay. And God is not ashamed of you. He loves you no matter where you're at. Amen. Um, well, one of the things, um, I think, gosh, around Thanksgiving, we did a night of Thanksgiving, and Chad and Anjali shared. And one of the things that Chad had said at the end, and I felt like it was so important, is he, he said, all the things that Anjali had shared about her healing, her kids. He said, all of that happened when I surrendered to the Lord. As the father of the house, he said, when I surrendered, it was a trickle down that happened in our entire family. And, uh, and so I just want to encourage you, like as, as far as even the fathers in the room, is that whenever we surrender to the Lord and he's the leader and we allow him to work in us, it is a trickle down of healing to our entire family. Amen? All right. This is my good friend, Jonathan. Love you, bro. I, love you too. Um, I have notes, because if not, this is going to be incoherent. Um, <laughs> so I've been here for just under a year. Next month, I'll make a year. Um, and the first time that I was here at the Wallspring, the very first thing I felt was a sense of home. And that was scary, because change is, was difficult for me. Um, one of the first times John and I met, one of the things he said to me was, I want this to be a place that you can be your 100% authentic self because in that place is where God flows through you the most. And so um, that was exciting and that's encouraging. And we had a night of worship and prayer and then he, the Lord used him to give me another word about last year being the most glorious season of my life. So I'm like, awesome, this is gonna be sick. I'm gonna like experience the glory and be walking on clouds. and. Very quickly, I discovered that my definition of glory and the Lord's definition of glory were very, very different. Um, it's pretty hard. Um, and uh, when I came to the Wellspring, I was still clothed in all the heaviness that I experienced, all the letdown, the rejection, the words that have been spoken over me. And um, no, 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 don't cry. Only because I can't talk, I'm not afraid to cry. Um, but uh, I was wearing those things, and I just thought it was part of my identity. I was like, this is who I am. I'm just going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And luckily, there is no shortage of mothers and fathers in this place. Um, so thankful to Mama Sherry, who walked with me through remembering what the father had to say about me and the song that he had been singing over me my entire life. 
Um, one of the other things John had shared on a Sunday morning was that it's le- uh, our walk with the Lord is less about what we should or shouldn't be doing, but more so about learning who we are in Christ and learning how to wear it well. And um, I was wearing that I was the lie that I was too much for some people and not enough for others. And that's just the nature of a lie. It's a lofty opinion that raises itself up against what God says we are and what we carry. And it was an endless loop. Like, if I can't be too much, how can I be not enough? Like, I was just stuck. Um, But one of the things I can say is that this is a house of identity and a place of freedom and comfort. And I've come to a place where I'm learning how to wear the robe well that my father gave me. I'm clothed in the identity that he gave me, and I'm learning how to receive my inheritance in that. So now, I'm free to be me. I'm free to love people the way I am. I was born into a beautiful family, loved into an extended family, but still I didn't know who I was in Christ until last year when I accepted who I was in him, and now I've sought first the kingdom of God, and all these things are being added to me. So get ready. You're just going to see another beautiful journey of what the Lord can do in a life. Isn't that awesome? Um, you know, I, as, you know, as much as I appreciate just the, you know, even all these guys up here talking about, you know, since they've come to the Wellspring, and it's not about this building, it's not about, it, it is simply about this, is that as we've gathered, I believe corporately we've made a decision that Jesus is the center. He's everything. His presence is what matters. So it's not about even just this building or location. It's just that I believe the people here at this location have chosen to say, God, what do you want? And whenever we really give ourselves to what God wants, the result is lives transformed. The result is we get to know him and be in his presence. And then we get to go like we talked about last week and everything that we've been given, we get to give that to others, right? And that's how a community has changed. But it starts with making a place for the Lord. In your life, as the body of Christ, making a place for the Lord. So I want to end with this. I want to end with Romans 8. Um, verse 5, I shared this Wednesday night, and, and this says so much of what these guys up here said, but it says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So this is how it starts. It says, those who live according to the flesh. That word according, it, it it also means agreement. Those who live in agreement with the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. How many of you know you have lots of thoughts every day? Some good, some bad, some ugly, some who knows. What you choose to agree with is what is going to manifest in your life. And what will happen is it will either manifest life or it will manifest death. So it is always the war of the mind. It is the war of your agreement. 
And what you say yes to is what you give power to. And so even in the Lord, that's why it is so important that we know the presence of the Lord. Because just like Anita said, in his presence, it separates the truth from a lie. Sometimes lies can, lies can be very deceiving, right? They, they are deceiving in nature. You know, the thing about being deceived is you don't know it. Right? But when the presence of Jesus illuminates the lie, it becomes very evident and it can no longer deceive. And it's a simple no to one thing and a yes to something else. And that is what prayer is. Prayer is you coming out of agreement with one thing and into agreement with him and what he says. And so for your life, if you are saying, well, this thing has had power in my life, it is because even if it's something you hate, at some place you are in agreement with it. And all the Lord is asking is saying, will you come out of agreement with that and into agreement with me? And that's why, it's, why we know him. And there is such good fruit of agreeing with God. Right? And so my prayers today is that we would be a people who are constantly searching and looking for what God is saying, what he is doing, what he is up to in the earth, so that we can just say yes to him. Right? It simplifies everything. That's why Jesus said, many come to me, will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? And he said, yeah, you did. But you never knew me. I never knew you. We weren't ever intimate. You did lots of things, but you didn't do the thing that I was doing. And you, never, and you missed the point. I was the point. You did lots of things, but you were in agreement with the wrong thing. And for us, it should be, that should be good news because it means you don't have to try and do a bunch of things to get to God. It means you go to him, find out what he's saying about himself, what he's saying about you and your life, and you just say yes to that. And that all, won't always be easy, but it will always be good. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Also, um, as we're standing, um, as, a, as a church, um, starting tomorrow, kind of coinciding with our prayer room launching, um, we are going to be having a 21-day fast here at the church. And before you say, like, oh, my goodness, um, I didn't plan for this, that's okay, is what I'm asking you is, um, a fa I said this a few weeks ago. This is what fasting is. Fasting is putting an emphasis more on what is unseen than what is seen. It's whenever you begin to intentionally say, I'm going to put my eyes on the Lord. And so that fast for you could look many different ways. Maybe you're saying, hey, I'm just, I'm fasting. I'm not eating any food for 21 days. Go for it. If that's what's in your heart, do it. If you say, I'm going to fast a meal a day. Maybe you say, I'm going to fast media. I'm going to stop binge-watching TV. I'm going to stop playing video games, whatever that is. Just to get your eyes off of what is seen, to focus on what is seen. Okay? But whatever you determine in your heart to do, do it. Okay? That's simple. Don't beat yourself up over something. Don't say, well, I can't do that or that. It's like, in some way, make a decision. I'm going to take this part of my life that is seen, and for a few weeks, I'm going to, in place of that, I'm going to focus on the Lord. 
what is he saying? What is he doing? Okay? And so that could look different for everybody, but do that. The way our, the, the prayer room, this isn't like a couple of weeks. This is for unless one day the Lord tells us to stop, it's what we're doing. And I hope that we can add actually more time that we do it. But it's going to be Monday through Friday. In the mornings, it is going to be from 7 to 8. And in the evenings, it's from 6.30 to 7.30. And what it's going to look like is that we are always going to have someone here leading us in worship. And there's going to be somebody who is going to be co-leading that prayer set, but uh, who may, may be sharing scripture throughout. But the goal is for our teams that are leading this is that they're here just to come and say, Lord, what do you want to do? How, we just we're here to be led by you. And what I'm asking you is that as you come, maybe you can make it once a week. Well, commit to that. Do that. And come with this heart that says, Lord, I'm here to hear what you're saying and then to say what you're saying. I'm here to, I'm not, you're not here coming to bring a list. You're not here coming. The Lord already knows what you need. He knew it before he needed it. Come and find out what's on his heart and let his, find out what he's wanting you to agree with and come and do that, okay? But let, I, I just believe there's something special as a body when we commit to, to making and creating an atmosphere where we can hear God, find out what he's doing and believe him. The Lord's just looking for people to believe him. So why not us be those people who believe him? Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your people. I bless them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just lift your hands before the Lord and just receive from him. Lord, to this morning, we just say yes to all that you're doing, all that you're saying. Come and have your way in our lives. I just even thank you over the next few week as, weeks as we are fasting and praying that there is going to be breakthrough on top of breakthrough on top of breakthrough, Lord. That even things, Lord, that have been cycles for people's life, Lord, that you are ending the cycle and they are starting a new cycle of life giving things. And so we just thank you for that, Lord. So I bless your people with peace and joy. I thank you as they go, Lord, that they are going with you, aware of your presence, aware of your goodness. We thank you for the supernatural and the miraculous in our lives. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Before we go, before we go, I could, John and Austin. Austin, could you join us up here, please? These guys are so awesome. I always defer. I'll try to, like, compliment him on his, on his sermons. And he's like, man, it's all God. is like, what's, what's God's doing through you, Right? And, and one of the greatest things I think we've learned as a church is that I bless you, walking in the authority of what the Lord has given. And every single one of us in here has received the blessing from Pastor John and Pastor Austin, and it is our opportunity to bless them back today. Would you just, just for a moment, let's just thank the Lord for what he's doing through these guys. Can we just give him a hand real quick? Lord, we thank you. They never would have let me do this. I wouldn't have asked. 
All right, can you just reach out your hand? And look, I want you to use your words. I want you to just to say, Lord, Lord, we bless John and Austin today. Hey, don't steal my words. Use your own. Lord, we bless them today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for them, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would continue to pour out your blessings upon them. Lord God, we bless them, Lord God, with your presence. Lord God, with, with just abounding in your love. Lord God, we bless their finances, Lord. Lord, we bless their children. Lord God, we bless their household and everybody in it, Lord. Lord, we, we ask that their, everything they put their hand to is blessed, Lord God. Lord, that you would give them even greater vision. Lord God, we speak vision over them. Lord, healing power. Lord God, abounding love. We thank you for them. Lord God, we bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.